It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. I'm Defective James. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> we don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today, we'll be sharing our experience on isolation in episode 84 of the Defective Characters podcast. Let's go. Ooh, it just got cold. Isn't it fitting that we're doing the topic isolation and we're all like in our mobile studios and not together? We're we're back mobile. I, I forget, have any of us individually... Have we got COVID during the last year plus? I have not. I forgot what your faces look like. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely, I mean, we, we know people in our fellowship and also maybe some uh, friends or family members outside of that uh, that have, this is probably the closest that I have come to it uh, of somebody, a uh, coworker of mine who, we're in a studio that's super, super tiny. She just contracted. Uh, is it contract? Is that what you get? Contracted. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. COVID. She caught it. And I was sure because from what everyone has said, and I'm not denying it, it is the most catchy, you know, sickness. And, and like, if you're around it, you're going to get it. And I'm not denying that. But I was pretty sure that if anybody was going to get it, it was going to be me because we share a studio for four hours every single day during the week. So 20 hours a week and she got COVID. So I got tested and I'm like, I, I definitely have it. I, I am sure of it. And it came back negative and I gave it plenty of time where if I was to have got it, I would have had it. And they said, no, it's, it's negative. I'm thinking I might go back and get another, uh, like a rapid, but I don't have any symptoms and I feel good. So I'm just quarantining away. So that's why I'm not hanging with Dennis uh, right now. I almost forget what you smell like, Dennis. Poop. Is that, is that what it is? I thought, you know. it, was, I thought it was juniper. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone confuses those two smells all the time. <laughs> uh, he smells like bananas and old socks. Oh, <laughs> let's let's start with dennis how's the last week been uh good old banana sock my week you know i purposely have not contacted you this week and told you what my week was like because i wanted to get your reaction on the show um so i'll start with the good news first friday i had an appointment to go get my first covid shot And it was all the way, like 30 minutes away in Kissimmee and stuff. And I'm proud of myself. I like got in the car and I went all the way there and like was waiting in line, which is, you know, way out of my bubble. Furthest I've been out of my bubble in a while. And so I was proud that I made it all the way there. And I asked the guy, I was like, so how long does this process usually take? And he's like two hours. And I'm like, is there a way I can get out of this line? So I ended up leaving. Like there was no way I was going to be able to sit in that state that I was in for like another two hours. It was just too much. So I went home. Um, so I felt really bad about that. Like I can't even like go and do this, blah, blah, blah. And the, you know, the games I play in my head, but then my uh, sponsor Basically, I told him about it or whatever and what happened. And I, you know, I was going to, my plan was I was going to try to find, schedule one a lot closer, like at a Walgreens or something like that. And, uh, but then he called me at like 745 
that night and was like, I talked to the pharmacy at Publix. You can go into Publix right now and go get it. And I was like, thank you. And, you know, I was hesitant and anxious, but I went to Publix and sat there probably for like 30, 45 minutes and got my first shot and got got a, a date to get the second shot. So that all worked out. That was good. And then Saturday came. And Saturday, I ended up in the emergency room. Unrelated to the COVID shot, I was at home and I blew my nose really hard and then my face went numb. So I freaked the fuck out, excuse my language, and uh, went to the emergency room, sat there all day. I got there maybe like at 1.30ish and I didn't see a doctor until like 8.30ish, but they had, you know, I'd seen a nurse and all that and they took my vitals and my blood and my urine and all that kind of stuff. Um, by the time I saw the doctor, it had gone away and like the numbness and everything just felt fine. I was obviously like hungry and been sitting in a panic attack like the whole time I was there so I was not doing well but that's just the anxiety all the other stuff went away um so like basically when I saw the doctor and stuff she asked me a whole bunch of questions it was it was good as the first time that a doctor asked me uh, oh do you do you drink alcohol and I was able oh no I haven't touched a drop in years you know so that was interesting um but uh, ultimately, she basically said, like, all my vitals and everything is, like, good. Like, you're a textbook, like, super healthy person, which is good to heal here. Like, I know my blood pressure, my all my, like, potassium levels, calcium levels, oxygen levels, all of that is, like, perfect. So that was good to hear. Um but they didn't have an explanation for what had happened. So they wanted me to stay overnight and do like a CAT scan and a whole bunch of other tests to see if they could find something. But I opted out and I was like, yeah, no, I can't. I need to go home now. So is that the right thing to do or not? I don't know. Um, but the next day I called... Like, well, that night I called my sponsor and I was like, you know, this is what happened. This is what I did. And he kind of said, well, you should probably go tomorrow morning and go and get that CAT scan, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, so I basically prepared myself. Okay, I'll go. Like, that's what I got to do. I do, but I want to, like, talk to my doctor friends and get another opinion or whatever. So I called a friend of ours, Dr. Dan the next morning and told him everything that happened. And he's like, he's a medical professor. He's got a very broad knowledge of like the medical field and stuff like that. And so he asked me a whole bunch of questions and like all of that kind of stuff. And he said at this point with no other symptoms and no nothing like that, like that I don't need to go get a CAT scan. He's like, if it happens again, obviously go and get it. But at this point, you seem to be very healthy and it's blah, blah, blah. And then he said, it, there's a good chance that it probably has something to do with my teeth. Like I have an infection that I don't know about and blah. And he kind of explained how the sinuses and the teeth are all connected and all of this kind of crazy shit. So it put my mind at ease and nothing's happened since then. Um, but I'm on now I have to go get like my teeth fixed and shit. Cause I have some pretty bad teeth. So, but that was my week and or weekend. But other than that, the rest of the week was great. So, so where are you sitting at right now? As far as, um, I guess mentally around it, you, you kind of accepted that, that, that just, that's the next step. Yeah, that's the next step. And then like monitor, make like be aware of anything that's going on with me. And if some, if like my face goes numb again or some other kind of symptoms come up, I got to go back to the emergency room. Was there any, was there any facial paralysis? No, 
it just it was, felt it like someone just... like shot like Novocaine into my lip and then it spread up onto like my right cheek and stuff where my like sinuses are and stuff. And then my teeth did hurt at one point in time mm. whenever like I was at the hospital. So Good. it was it was weird and it was terrifying. I was like Yeah, it was that was a hard, hard day. But like those two days together was hard. Obviously Saturday was a lot harder, but like yeah, I was like in constant anxiety and panic mode like the whole time thinking that I was gonna die or whatever. Sure. But like like talking to Dan that like eased it off you know Mm -hmm. now i have new anxiety about trying to get to a dentist and and finding one that i can afford and all that kind of shit so sure well if i hear of anything honestly i not that i'm in the same boat as that i went to a dentist a little bit ago and i'm like you know it'd been about two years since i had uh a appointment with one and uh I went back in September and I'm like, while I was still insured under my uh, then wife's dental insurance, cause I didn't have it on mine. So I wanted to get in and they're like, okay, this is going to be good. Yeah. You do get dental on there, but we have to do like a deep cleaning. It's going to be 700 bucks. And I told them there's no freaking way. Uh, cause I'm not dropping 700 to have all sorts of craziness. Uh, put on and they refused to give me a regular cleaning um, even though I was covered for it so I know there are good dentists out there honestly I you know I'm going to be looking for one soon too so if I find something uh, sooner or later I I will uh, I will send them your way appreciate it that doesn't help the anxiety what I just told you I just realized that (laughs) (laughs) okay the anxiety's there anyways I just gotta do what I need to do you know yeah well we'll be thinking about you thanks you know thanks for giving us an update honestly and I've had more people reach out and say hey I I like when you guys update on what's actually happening right now before you jump in because it's kind of like the meeting before the meeting you know what I mean this is, no, it absolutely is. It's the fellowship. Oh, yeah. So thanks for uh, doing that. James, how you doing the last seven? Good. Do you guys hear a little scrappy do? Oh, yeah. I don't. Okay, good. When I'm he off. does something bad, do you say scrappy don't? <laughs> uh, no, but I'm going to. <laughs> scrappy don't. Scrappy don't. So, I, I actually thought of you yesterday, Mike. Um, one of um, my other bartenders uh, told me a joke. I was like, no way. Mike's going to love it. So um, where can the where can the Terminator find toilet paper? Where? I'll be back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought you got like that one uh did, did i did i tell you that hold on before you jump in did i i tell you that it actually says in the bible that it's a man's job to make the coffee in the morning i didn't even realize it mentioned coffee in the bible mm-hmm. it doesn't it's in the book of hebrews <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> enjoy enjoy so james how are you i'm good i'm really good thanks guys um you know, I um on this tangent with the uh, with the whole dentistry thing. You know, I I compromised for over a decade my dental health, and much like you guys, it was like I would go in and they're like, "Okay, this to fix your teeth, it's going to be." Uh, I remember the first time with crowns and everything, they gave me a quote of fourteen thousand dollars. Oh my god! Oh my god! I just laughed. I was like, "What?" It was in Aventura, and I was like. It was kind of at that point, I was like, well, you know, F it. There's no way I can afford this. So I'm just going to do whatever I, I, I want, really. But, um, you know, ask Dennis, you know, like I remember a couple of years ago, uh, we'd be at Disney World or something. And I would just be like, you got I'm in so much pain. We have to get to a gift store. And I would buy Advil and I would just eat as many as I can, hoping that the pain would go away. 
Yeah. Live like I remember I introduced you to Motrin. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Mm. You know, after a while, you know, you know, I've been blessed um, by living here and um, we've been able to uh, save money and, you know, we were saving up to move out. And then I ended up going to the dentist and the dentist was like, yeah, you're, you're in bad shape. And um, he did everything to work up. And he's like, with your insurance, it's going to be $5,500. And I, I almost wanted to cry. I mean, who's got 5500 lying around? So I was like, just going in my mind. And I came home and I talked to my wife and, um, you know, we'd been putting away money and, by the grace of God, we had a little over $5,500 saved up. And I was able to go to the dentist. And it took a year to get all my teeth fixed. And my the quality of life now is amazing. Like, I can't believe I compromised so long. But um, that was, that's just one of the the promises, one of the miracles of becoming sober. You're, you're not spending money on drugs and alcohol. You're mm. able to save. You're able to go to the dentist and, you know, you know, it was a long time coming, but so like I can't believe I compromised so long and I lived with pain for so long because when it's gone, it's just your the quality of life is so much better. It's it's amazing, you know, that the things we do when we're sick of our addiction, like what we put up with. Um, it's just amazing to me. So um now I, I got an electric toothbrush. Um I, I brush I only brush once a day. I should start doing twice a day, but I do cleanings twice a year and I floss. So I'm, I'm keeping it up, guys. Um, other than that, um, let me see. I had a, a training meeting yesterday at work. I was voluntold <laughs> that I would be opening and closing the restaurant now. And um, with a, a pay increase, and they're going to give me all the alarm codes and the safe codes and the keys. I don't want to do this, guys, but it's one of those things like like I went and they're like, you got to take this training and you'll, you'll probably be doing this once or twice a week. Like, so you get made a manager? Is that like a promotion? No, no. It's what they said, it's for people who don't necessarily want to be a manager, but they need someone to um, kind of give the managers a break because they're working 60 hours a week. So they're, they're really looking for quality of life for their managers. And when they put it that way, it's like, ah. Oh, this is one of those things, something I, I don't want to do, but I know I should do it because you're helping out the people that you work with. You know what I mean? So is that yeah. how you counteract any, uh, like, possible growing resentment in the future from it? I, well, maybe. I, I think if it's really bad, well, one, I should always be open to change, one, because I can't really, I don't want to assume anything. Like it could be, I could really enjoy this. Who knows? Maybe I'll own my own restaurant one day. And this might be the the first step in doing that. The thing is, I don't know. I just know that I'm comfortable. I like what I do. I like going to work, coming home, no worries. Um, but this thing where I'm kind of like, not really forced, but kind of like, you know, we need you to do this. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to go into it with, a clear heart, uh, open mind. And, you know, if it's really bad and it's really not for me, I'm sure I can opt out of it, but, you know, but I'm going to do it and try it um, because they need me to do it. Does that make yeah. sense? Uh-huh. Well, well, think about it this way too, is that they could have forced anyone to do this job, but they trust you enough to give you the responsibility to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And you can do it. So that's a very good thing. And they're offering you a pay raise, so and and I get a background check, so they're like, we trust you. Now we're gonna take do a background check. Well, that's a corporate <laughs> thing. <laughs> no worries there, thank God. Yeah. Other than that, you know, just it's, it's good. You know, I'm doing. I, I do marriage Sunday now because my wife is. She went back to work at uh, Disney, and she's loving that. As far as I know, she's working at the Butterfly House. How cool is that? That's, Where is that? It's in Epcot. It's right up her alley. She gets to be with yeah. the butterflies. It's like a giant tent that has uh, butterflies in it. I don't even think I've ever... I've been in Epcot it's, so many times, it, and I don't think I've ever it's seen It's only that. there during, like, the Flower and Garden show. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I do know. 
I do know. Yeah, and that's going – I think it's going later this year. It's going to, the, like, July. Really? Oh, so I got passes to go to Disney again if you guys ever want to go. Nice. Always, especially because yeah. I don't have them anymore. Yep. So I got when to- when do you have passes for? Well, I'm blocked out the rest of this month. I haven't checked for next week yet. I'll yeah. let you guys know. Dennis? Like a heads up, and this is not my business or anything, but our, our friend Mike from Pennsylvania who shared a story on our stuff, he's coming to Florida in like three weeks. Oh, really? He'll probably want to meet up and like possibly go to Disney or something. I mean, I think we get passes before him, right? No. Well, <laughs> well, no, no. He has his own passes. I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know he's listening. <laughs> I can get three of us in. Me and three other people. Really? Should, well, should we take, maybe use one pass to bribe a dentist? <laughs> I don't know. If he got caught for that, he would get fired. Yeah, can't jeopardize anything with my like you. <laughs> you give give Dennis and I veneers, and you can get into the butterfly house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that well, that's exciting. That's that's uh, that's really fun. You know, that's solid. And and. Uh, yeah, I guess I already gave a little bit update. So I'm just working from home. And I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is in CODA, uh, which is, uh, what is it, codependency? I guess maybe that's what it's, yeah, anonymous. So she's in, she's in CODA and had been asking me a couple of questions as far as how what she's learning, she's telling me, and she's like, do they have anything in, you know, 12 step groups that you're a part of? And it's been really interesting to hear as far as um, how the programs really are so simple as far as that there's something bigger than you as the, the common thread, you know? And I talked to her about how at work, sometimes I'll get frustrated at something and I will need a second and I'll think of, you know, I'm the similar situation that you're going through James, as far as like, okay, I'm being put to service and that's what this is. And, you know, or if it's something I'm like, I don't want to do this. um, It's accepting that, you know, this, this is just, this is out of my control. It's out of my hula hoops. This is what I'm doing. And I had to explain it to my coworker that I work with because she's like she would see me close my eyes and she's like don't do that da, da, da. and I said listen this is what I do because when you're like bossing me around this is how I process so I don't say something to you but this is how I react is I just need a second and I'm sorry that you're seeing this but we work a job where we're looking at each other all the time and this is just how it is. so I explained and she still didn't like that answer Um, but I know that I have to take a second before I react, you know, and pause. And, uh, that was something that I was glad I was able to like kind of pass along to my friend that's in the other, uh, 12 step group, you know, to kind of be like, yeah, and this is what I do. And she's like, so you never like, I said, I don't call up friends that I know that are going to co-sign, you know, my actions of being mad at something that I shouldn't be mad at. And I also, I'm not going to call somebody up who is going to have a different opinion on it. That's not good. I know, you know, because I continue to go to meetings and keep the fellowship right there. I'm always jumping into the tools, you know, and it's kind of nice when people are in a different program and they're, uh, saying like, almost like sharing notes, you know? Um, so I got some added perspective as far as that goes. Um, so as far as today's topic, isolation that came up, uh, we went through the last 84 episodes, uh, or 83 episodes and had not talked about that as an actual topic. 
Almost everything else. Did you actually scroll through them all and look? I did. (laughs) I did. There's See, I have them all memorized. You could have just asked me. Oh, yeah? I'm kidding. What's 36? Uh, Uh It it had to do with recovery. No. No. Um, No. Step four. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was the, the, the principle of honesty, I think it was, maybe. No. Let me let me start with a question to uh, to Dennis, and you can take it wherever you want. So okay. we know in episode two, you told your story and how uh, isolation was a was a big big part of it. Um, mm-hmm. Was is is isolation still uh, something that you find comfort in, or is there something in the back of your head now that goes up and you know that you can't isolate because it's not good for you? Like, do you have to be told it, or can you feel it? Um, I think I feel it. Like, like it's definitely still an issue, you know, especially, like, with the renewed anxieties from the COVID and the quarantining and all that kind of stuff. It's definitely there. And I know it, you know. So, like, my default, if... I'm doing well and I'm in a right head space and everything's fine. And I, I prefer to be alone without the pressures of the world, without dealing with socializing with people and talking to people, even people I like, you know, like you guys, like I love hanging out with you guys and talking to you guys and stuff, but there's a part of me that just does want to isolate. And I do okay in isolation to an extent you know what i'm saying like if i go too long in isolation then things get bad my anxiety gets really bad my like ability to interact with people comfortably gets worse you know so it's like a self-feeding like self-destructive trait that i have so it's like Consciously, I know it when it happens, and then I really start feeling it when I do go into like isolation. Like if I go a day or two without like talking to anyone, and like if I go like a week without like hanging out with anyone or being around people, then like I get really bad as far as my anxiety. So like it even takes away the comfort of being isolated which is what I'm seeking when I think whenever I do isolate or whatever. But, you know, it's a, it's a renewed thing now since like all the anxieties that I've been talking about, like to the point where like, you know, I had those two major panic attacks in like January and February and it knocked me like back down to the couch which basically means that like I was afraid to like move or get up and go to the bathroom or do anything and like right, right down to like ground zero. So a lot of of dealing with that is like forcing myself to get up and go to the meeting and then hang out with people after the meeting at the coffee shop and do all of that. And in doing that, it helps me get better. So literally like, the isolation helps cause the disease that I like, you know, of like anxiety and all of that kind of stuff. But then the cure for it is being around people, you know, before, before I came into the rooms, before I quit drinking and smoking pot and stuff, I could sit for long periods of time, like months at a time without being like, really around people or or socializing that much and stuff, but I was just high and drunk. You know what I'm saying? So I was numb to it all. And it like, whenever I quit drinking and quit smoking before I came into the rooms, like my anxieties and all that got a lot worse. And I think that's a lot mainly due to the fact that I wasn't able to numb myself anymore, but I still wasn't, changing the way I was living. I was still isolating, but I was isolating without like any chemicals to like numb my reality. So reality became very apparent and very real. But uh, I'll end on this is like, 
you know, I was seeing, I, I talked to this therapist based out of Canada a few times um, recently. And one of the things that he, he talked about that like really stood out to me, he's like, you know, what is the worst punishment that anyone in the world could get, like in the legal system and in, in our society and stuff like that? What is the worst punishment that they'll give out to you? And I was like, well, death. And he's like, no, 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 not death. Like, what is the actual, an actual punishment that is worse? What do they do to you when you're in jail and you're still, they still need to punish you? And I was like, isolation, confinement, you know? And I was like, damn. And he's like, that's right. And he said, the worst thing psychologically and physically that you can do to someone is lock them in solitary confinement. And, I, and then he's like, that's what you're doing to yourself. And I was like, fuck, sorry for my language. I was like, Shh. I was going to say shit. Sorry for my language. <laughs> hey, just, I was like, darn, <laughs> uh, you're right. And that's what I do when I isolate is I'm, I'm punishing myself for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I was going to say probably dropping the soap was worse, but that's, I guess that's just. Oh, I mean, difference. come on, at least you get a little payoff from that. <laughs> sorry sorry (laughs) it's fine this is spicy uh james your i guess uh like within your story beforehand and then after as far as isolation goes what's your experience with that well i guess when i was drinking and drugging you know i had my the mother of my children and my children around me a lot of the time, but I felt really alone. Like even when I was with them, all, all my mind was thinking was, you know, just getting the next drink. And, and then because after a while I had to hide it, you know, I was forced into isolation by my, myself. So that means, you know, just going into the room and shutting the door, going on a walk and hiding in bathrooms and at stores, you know, just, just alone all the time, just for that drink. And, um, you know, I felt really alone. So I, I, I understand the isolation. Um, you know, I think about now, I never truly feel alone because I stay close to God. I can honestly say that I am a God person, you know. Um, I, I've been listening to the... The armchair expert, thanks for that. I really enjoy those. Um, the podcast from Dax Shepard. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, uh, they talk a lot about recovery, and I enjoy that. And I bring that up because, you know, Dax, we just share, he's like, I'm not a God person. And um, and I could, I, I listened to that. I was like, oh, that's okay. I am a God person, you know. Mm-hmm. I have no, like, I don't have any judgment whatsoever and i think that's a really healthy place to be and um you know he's sober and he's getting the word out and he's a child of god and i love it and um you know today in isolation um you know as you guys know um i've been um really since the beginning since day one i have been you know wearing my mask everywhere in front of anyone you can ask dennis whenever i go i was like dennis put your mask on i like make him put his mask on and um and i comply <laughs> I, I know I, but they, I just forget about it sometimes come on dennis oh uh, but you know what i'm what i'm getting at is I've, I've i'm close to my my in-laws and they're they're um you know at risk and i've got my um my mother-in-law who's going for um, a procedure. And so I'm, I'm wearing my mask in the house every day today still. And um, I eat dinner in the living room instead of in the kitchen table, because, you know, I, I, I'm being careful. I'm being mindful of the others around me. Um, I can't go to in-person meetings. I can't do anything except work. And the only reason I go to work is because basically work said, you know, if, if you don't come back to work, we're going to have to, hire a new bartender and I was like well I don't want that to happen so I, I was like I got to go back to work but still at work I'm you know extra careful um I haven't felt 
isolated because I, I go to meetings every day on Zoom and I have my podcast to look forward to once a week. Um, and I reach out, you know, I, I, some, I reach out to my sponsor every now and then. I can talk to him about things, what's going on. Um, and isolation. You're, yeah. I was going to say, you're also interacting with your in-laws and your wife and stuff. Like you have right. people around you. I mean, I, I'm working 40 hours a week, man. And I don't know if you guys have ever worked in a restaurant. It is a lively bunch. There's so many different characters in a restaurant and up and down and good. And, you know, and I'm, I have fun at work. I mean, I always have fun at work. I, I pray before I go into work and I, I, I focus on gratitude and what I can bring into the restaurant that night. Every night I, I do the same thing. Like, what can I do? You know, how can I um, create solutions to problems instead of complaining about them? That's one of my big rules. Um, and it, it helps, you know, it, it helps to just have a good, positive environment. So um, as far as isolation, it's, it's I don't feel isolated these days. You know, even though I am isolated from the outside world, in some aspects, um, I know when things go back normal i'll just i'll feel the same way just happy to be around people and give people hugs so yeah i i always pray for you dennis i want you to go back to to being um just okay you know i appreciate it yeah i mean not even like superb just okay i want you to okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh we can all really dream. nice we can all dream <laughs> no. no i'll be back to okay soon i think i know you will you will yeah it's... believe it i believe it to be true i believe it as well um oh and when... get my second shot in a couple hours just so you guys know. oh nice oh, awesome. i'm i'm planning on getting my first uh, I think I was pl- well. I was planning before today. Then the J and J they took away, and I said, "Okay, well, I, then I will do it." Uh, I had plans on doing it on Tuesday, and then that was the day that I had to wait uh, test results, and I got them back. And uh, now Friday, so I'm trying not to put it off any any longer. And glad that I don't. Uh, you know, have the COVID. So that way I don't have to wait and delay it even more. Um, Isolation for me, I definitely felt like towards the end I was isolating because I was doing my drinking alone. And that was a, it's, it's so crazy that I, I think addicts and alcoholics, they're the only ones that are going to understand the feeling that you have when it's just you and the drug and you know, you and the drink and it's just that personal relationship. And I just isolated away. I used to re uh, work really early in the morning. So at like one o'clock in the afternoon, I would be home and I would record on like uh the movie channels on TV, I would record old movies from the seventies and eighties and stuff that I hadn't seen, but had some of my favorite actors like movies that were really awful that nobody, you know, picks up to show on repeat, but there are some channels that do it just like super, super cheap. And I would record it on the DVR and watch two movies and they would usually be movies that were like action movies. So I wouldn't have to, follow along but i would get more and more and more drunk as i was watching it and then pass out my wife would come home from work and she would think i was just taking a nap and then i would wake up and make dinner and i isolated like crazy so when i stopped drinking it was difficult because during that time it would still be me and I filled it with a meeting and a meeting after the meeting, but still there was a couple hours where it was just me and it was challenging. Uh, you know, I would do anything I possibly could. I would, I would do work or schedule phone calls for work 
during that time. So that way I had to, um, I had stuff to do, you know, and maybe it's still in the back Peaches. of my head. Sorry. Like this weekend coming up, um, I originally had plans this weekend and it was going to be chocolate walk full. And now, cause I still, I can't do any station events for 10 days, even though I tested negative. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I'm not by myself. Um, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, so I will have things to do around, but I'm not comfortable sitting for more than a couple episodes of something binge watching even like I just, and not because I'm like tempted to drink or anything else. I just don't think I'm being of service to others. And I think that's the best possible thing is actually getting out of myself and helping somebody else out. Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing. Some friends that are not in the program are like, you know, it's fine to just sit and watch TV all day. And I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't think that that's, that's fine if you're sick and you need it and you shouldn't be around other people, which is why like this weekend. Yeah. I'm not going to be, I'm going to be around my girlfriend who is already vaccinated and she's fine. And again, I don't have COVID, but I'm not going to uh, feel comfortable not being around other people and doing that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a bad thing or not. You know, I don't know if it's something that's relatable to feeling like even more than a couple hours that I need to go and do something, but I don't know how much time I have on earth. And I want to make sure when I look back at the end of the night and think about my day that I'm not like, Oh, I could have done something. You know, which is why I'm always shooting a video or I'm always doing something with content because you never know, you know, what you might do in your day that's going to help somebody else out. Um, so that's how I counteract isolation is uh, whether it's in the program or just in the in the world, you know, even going and getting a coffee and holding the door for somebody, you know, or, uh, you know, I. I don't have tons of funds, but every once in a while I'll do the pay it forward thing and get out of the house and be like, Hey, uh, you know, put $5 down on the person behind me in line, uh, getting a coffee. I did that this morning and it was like, they're like, Oh, well their, their order is uh, $45. And I'm like, well, now it's only 40. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not paying $45 of their coffee. What the heck are you buying? Yeah. I would argue. <laughs> 45 bucks. It's like, well, to be crazy. fair, it's probably Starbucks. So it's probably like one coffee with it an was, extra shot. You know what it, was? it was, and we're not sponsored by them, but it was Panera Bread and I get free coffee at Panera uh, Bread right now because I'm part of the coffee subscription. And so it was like my coffee was free anyway. So I'm like, oh, I'll put $5 down for the people behind me. And then they said, OK, I throw it is 45 bucks. I don't know if they wanted me to pay for the whole thing or what. But uh, anyway, that's beside the point. But isolation, like right now, as I'm working from home, I I would have, you know, done anything to actually be in celebration, hanging out with you, Dennis. But at least I got out of the house and did that, um, you know, today. So I don't know. I just isolation. I know for me, I don't necessarily buy into the whole that, you know, my disease is you doing push ups in the parking lot which a lot of people say, but I know that it is, I'm always just as close as I want to be to my next drink. Uh, isolation for me is going to lead me closer to having those isms come back in. So I try to avoid it. That's good. That's you guys good. have anything else that you want to add? Um, do you feel, Dennis, do you, when you're playing online games, do you feel a little less isolated? Um, it depends. When I'm playing, like, with you, like, for sure. Like, I feel like we're just hanging out and stuff, which we are. We're, like, talking and, like, whatever. Uh, when I'm playing alone, it's more of a distraction. Ah. So it's, like, 
if I'm focused on doing this task, then I don't have to think about all the other things that are giving me anxiety or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a distraction. And like when my anxiety is really bad, you know, like where I can't think about anything because my head's just going crazy or whatever, like sitting there watching a movie or like playing like in Minecraft or something, it helps because of that distraction. It gives my brain enough time to relax that I'm not thinking about negative stuff and kind of tweak it, you know, and then he obviously prayer and stuff like that meditation to help with that, to like calm that mind down or whatever. But if I sit in it too long, if I sit playing the game for a week straight or something like that, then like the same effects creep in the depression the like Mike was saying, the feeling of not doing something else or something like that creeps in as well. So it's really like this balance, you know, I got to make sure I don't isolate for super long periods of time, but like video games aren't inherently evil kind of thing. You know, they do provide an entertainment and a distraction where otherwise I couldn't get it from somewhere else. That makes sense. You remember in the nineties when there was like this whole campaign about video games being evil and corrupting our kids. Oh, yeah. People still try to bring that up. But if you notice, the people that are like sitting there playing video games all the time aren't the ones that are going up and shooting up schools and doing bad things in the world. You know, they're like drinking Mountain Dew and eating Funyuns and shit. You know? <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll say one more thing. Um, you know, my kids, they've been isolated this whole year because um, they, they live down south and Dade County and um, they haven't been to schools and so they're always you know when they come up to visit me they're like dad it's it's just rough being at home all the time with just mom and you know we just we can't do anything and and she's got health issues so she's very careful too and but they've you know I think about the children in this whole pandemic you know what how is it going to affect them in their life moving forward you know, I think my kids, they've just grown a little bit. Um, I think they've handled it very well. In fact, my 17-year-old, um, he, he before he did his pre-SATs, he ended up doing his real SATs. He got a 1460 um, out of um, 69, I guess it is. So he's in the 97th percentile out of 2.13 million test takers. I thought that was Wow. Cool. That, is, that is super smart. That's smart, right? And then yeah. I was like, well, what do you want to do? He's like, I don't know. I'm kind of young to really know what I want to do yet. I was like, that's a smart thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> good for him. Yeah. So I said, yeah. you know, as a father, I was like, hey, well, whatever you want to do, whenever you want to spend some time, I'll help you apply for scholarships. Uh, if you want to go to college here, let me know. But, like, I'm on your team. Like, you're not alone. I made sure to let him know he's not alone, and I'm here for him. He's best as I could you know how teenagers are they're like they like to be alone <laughs> yeah but I, I I think you bring up a good point and I was kind of thinking about it before you even brought it up it, is like you know we know how isolation affects us right and our alcoholism and stuff like that and we use the tools of our program to like to deal with that and try not to be as isolated and stuff but like now in this world where we're all forced to be isolation, most people out there, especially kids and stuff, don't have any type of tools or a fellowship to rely on or Zoom meetings to go to and stuff like that. So they are dealing with it a lot, you know, like so imagine how we deal with it. They're dealing with it like unguided with no help and stuff. You know, so a message to any parents that are out there with your kids, let them play Xbox for a little bit every day and talk to their friends, you know, like they're they're gaming and stuff like that, because that's the way that they're dealing with it. That's the way that they're socializing and getting out of themselves. You know, it's important. That's interesting. Yeah, because you guys you guys will play those games. I, I played them a while ago. I just. I really wasn't any good at it. 
and but I felt I would spend hours upon hours and hours and communicating with people all around really the world, even becoming friends with a lot of people in Sweden that barely spoke any English and broken English in some RPG games uh, on the computer. And it was people that don't play games, don't see that there's actually ways to connect, you know, and to do all that stuff. There's, there's Um, whole communities of it and people do make great friends and talk about life issues like school mm -hmm. and relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. So, I guess uh, the big takeaway is however you connect with somebody else, you know, connect with them, you know, and don't let, uh, there's so many excuses that I, I, I've, I always say I've probably used every excuse to get out of something, you know? Um, Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Now, now uh, with technology and everything else, there's no, there's no excuse, you know? Um, If, if Dennis just stayed in a room and ignored everybody else, there'd be no excuse for it, you know, and we would just never be friends with you anymore. Dennis, don't do it. Yeah. Well, it took me slowly coming out of my shell and going to the rooms where I actually met you guys and the other friends that we have, which are probably like some of the closest friends I've ever had in my life, you know, and are good for me, you know, Mm -hmm. not a bad influencer like it will excuse my bad behavior or whatever so it's it's definitely like in isolation like even all the stuff that i've gone through this year and in the last several months and last year it would have been a lot worse if i was completely isolated yeah yeah i think that's good james do you have anything to tie it off with here put a bow on this Isolation makes me cold. <laughs> I, I think I think that works. Well, let's do it. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you with episode 85, where the defective character is entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, there's nothing colder than isolation. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo!